you're never going to bear fruit if you continually uproot. Right. Mm. And, and you've got to find a place. I, I tell my staff, I tell my church, I want us to spend the rest of our lives together. I want mm. us to get, I want us to grow old together. <laughs> I said, I want to, I want to do the, the, the wedding for your children, right. funerals, that kind of deep covenant commitment that we're there for decades together. Yeah. yeah. And that means we're going to go through stuff. You're listening to the Resolute Podcast, a podcast designed for the American church and its leadership and a ministry of decision mentoring. Today is episode 50, Problem Goggles, part two. Now here are your hosts, Chet and Tony. Hey, Tony. Hey, Chet. My wife gave me an ultimatum. Oh, yes. It was either her or my addiction to sweets. The decision (laughs) was a piece of cake. (laughs) well that's just not true producer brandon because uh, um i'm diabetic okay i don't want to bring the audience down or anything okay i want them to feel sorry for me oh but way to make it like real i know (laughs) they kind of do now type two though so i brought it on myself and i'm up doing great my numbers are great and and so it's all good. And you struggled with that, that a little bit too, Tony. I did. You? I did. Yeah. A little bit. I feel like I'm, I'm doing well now. Yeah, good, 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 yeah. good. So we're, we're kicking it. When was the last time you had a piece of cake? Piece of cake? A I piece was, of cake. I was in an event. It was a 60th anniversary of some people, and they had cake with like real strawberries in it. Ooh. So I want to say it's been three, four weeks ago. Oh. Yeah. And I hadn't had any before that in a long time. I was going to say. I don't say. think. I was going to say, yeah, it was good. Think, I don't think I've had a piece of cake for two years. Probably. Yeah, I hardly ever eat it. Yeah, but yeah. I still like it. Well, hey, we're here with Paul Slagle and an old time friend of yours and a, a new friend of mine and of Charity Church. And we had such a good time mm-hmm. with last week's broadcast and, and the topic and just kind of got into it so much. We asked him if he could stay over for this session. And Paul, I'm really glad you did. Well, thank you for letting me be here. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, so we're talking about now. We're kind of talking about conflict. We're talking about pastoral leadership, and mm-hmm. and we've talked about the source of that conflict. But now we're talking about the the, the reality that that conversations have to take place, and mm-hmm. and people have to care. And we kind of established that the root of that is truly love for people and and but but in our culture we also run the risk of it coming across as legalistic and control Mm -hmm. and things like that rules and yeah Yeah, exactly Mm -hmm. and stuff so yeah and you know chet when you get into ministry i think i could say this for you know you pastor for a number uh, of years. I did for like 50 or something. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> and Paul's been started doing this for a long ten, time. Started when I was 10 years old, yeah. but go ahead. Yeah. yeah. And I have as well. And when you when you start a ministry, your vision and the dream and the thing God's put in your heart, you don't ever see anybody that would disagree oh, with that. No. You know how, what I mean? how could anybody disagree? This youthful kind of just, you know, love for God and yeah. you want to just lead this thing and do and and then you know, the first time somebody raises up and disagrees with you or someone on your team that, that you're closest to and that yeah. you're running together to do this, they disagree and there's conflict. Well, then most people, they take it personal yeah. and they get upset, yeah. feel like, you know, 
this is not what I envision. Maybe I should exit or whatever. And uh, but it's real. Conflict's real. Absolutely. We we deal with it, and you and you deal with it with your team. You know, and, and uh, Paul, I think you know that um, there's conflict because you're working close to people, but then also even in the congregation. And I, I, I was just reminded this as we were, before we uh, started, there's a verse in Amos, one of those books that everybody reads mm-hmm. you know, very, quite <laughs> regularly, in verse 12, and it says this, as a shepherd takes from the mouth of a lion two legs or a piece of an ear. That's not all the verse, but it's a part of it. And you get this picture of a shepherd, because we talked about in the pod, last podcast, of, of shepherding and loving people. You get a picture of this shepherd who is just going to jump out in between the lion and the sheep yeah. and say, wow. I'll, I'll pull out of your mouth the leg that you, you got one, but I'm not going to let you leave with all of it. And just not afraid of conflict, but but conflict with an enemy, not with the people that you're you're serving. And mm-hmm. yet, in a congregation of people, you end up having conflict at times, or there's conflict within, or having those, we talked about, having those difficult conversations Paul, I just in your role, so you're going to handle conflict, and that's a that's a big question right there. But then also, w- within the context of a congregation, how do you know when to step into that? Because n- most people don't say, "I love conflict. I want conflict." No, yeah. Oh, right. We, we we'd rather not. How do you know when you step into that and when you leave it alone because God's dealing with it, and how you don't use it as a cop out. Well, first off, I'm certainly one of those people that have um, avoided conflict mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. I've tried to uh, steer clear of it, but the older I get, um, the more I value um, a tough conversation. Mm. A tough conversation is really the only way that we grow and learn as right. iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think here's the... Here's, you've heard me say this a lot. I mentioned the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is here mm-hmm. on, in us. And we are a New Testament church, mm-hmm. and we are to be led of the Holy Spirit. So if I'm in tune with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will speak to me about when is the season and when is the time that I need to address someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't address something as soon as I see it with my eyes <laughs> or hear it with my ears. Okay. Um, I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit. Even yesterday, um, the Holy Spirit gave me a word. Something just popped up in my spirit. And last night, I, well, let's just say it, 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 it unfolded why. And, and we discovered why. And I was able to even communicate to the person. The Holy Spirit gave me clear direction today about having this, this conversation with you, a very, very tough conversation. Mm. And because the Holy Spirit was involved, it not only gave me the boldness that I don't naturally have, yeah. it mm. gave them the openness because they could see that, that there was something bigger. It wasn't just some pastor trying to force his right. will or way or and, control and that kind of thing. Right, yeah, but yeah. it was wait, God is trying to redeem a situation here. Yeah, and, and so that's for me. I've um, you know just lean on that, lean on the Holy Spirit as to when is the right time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you, do you find because do you find that 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 mature believers see themselves in that kind of role or or are are many of our congregants are they spectators are they sitting back 
and and uh, and feel like they're overstepping their bounds. They feel I, that way. It's a lie of the devil. Okay, mm-hmm. our culture is training people to let people do what they want and what makes you happy. Yeah. And man, what a I mean, it's like the yellow brick road to hell <laughs> that is. And it's not about what makes you happy. If you're a born again believer, if you're a born again Christian, it's about what is pleasing to the Lord. What is his word? What is his will? What is his way? And and so we have got we've got to change this culture in the church where if someone does bring loving correction or discipline you can't scurry off and run to a, a, another place where they're going to let you do whatever you want. That's not shepherding. You want a shepherd who will not only feed you, but will protect you and guard you. Yeah. Remember, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And what is that talk, rod? Talk and st- about that a little bit. Well, the rod and the staff of a shepherd is to use to, you know, tap that, you know, sheep on the side. Yeah. I have a cousin who's a farmer and has a sheep, and she tells me all the time, you wouldn't believe um, the incredible revelation she's received by having sheep. She said they're the dumbest animals they're in the not, world. They are not the most intelligent. <laughs> and, that's and, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. She, and you know, uh, and you have to bring correction and discipline them to keep them in order and in alignment. Yeah. Um, for their own safety and for their own good. There is a wolf out there who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But we have learned, we have grown to despise discipline, and that is foolish of us. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, way back when I was a part of the Master's Commission program, mm-hmm. um, we were traveling all over. We pulled over once um, at a truck stop, and there was a truck full of cattle. And uh, the truck driver got out of the truck, went over there, and picked up a prod, electric prod, prod yeah. type yeah. thing. Yeah. And... Um, walked around the truck and stuck it inside there and started zapping these cows. I mean, you just, just, you know, going crazy. And I remember some of the young ladies in our team were like very angry. What is he doing? What's going on? Why is he such a jerk? Why is he mean? And uh, one of them walked up to him and said, stop it. And he said, wait, come here, come here. You see that cow over there laying down? It's not laying down. It's dead. Mm. And it's dead because it laid down, mm. and the other cattle's, uh, the cows, uh, you trampled know, it. trampled it. Yeah. Wow. And he said, "I'm making the other cows stand up. Mm. I have to prod them to get them to attention to stand up, or they'll die. Mm. And this, this is the only way they respond. Hmm. Now, if we would learn that mm-hmm. as Christians, not look, I need correction." Mm-hmm. I'm a shepherd who needs the direction mm-hmm. of the Lord, my elders, mm-hmm. of my wife. You have access if you see something, not you listening, but you in the room. <laughs> um, well, you know, not, not we're, everybody. Because we're in right. connection, we're right. in a relationship, right. we trust each other. Mm-hmm. And I need people to say, hey, hey, Paul, that's, that's not wise, and you're, you know, you're being ignorant. Uh, here's what the Word says, and you're not living this, and, and my goodness, we'll, we'll be better if we'll just... Get that. Hey listeners, producer Brandon here. Let's take a minute to hear from our sponsors. Eight out of ten people who attend church do not participate in any sort of discipleship process. No small groups, no women's Bible study, no home cell or coffee meetups at all. Well, that's not our church, you might say. But even if it's 50%, the message is that our present attempts at engaging people around spiritually formative topics 
is not working. What would happen if you could create small groups of people focused on issues of practical importance and conduct those groups at a time and an interval that best suits everyone involved? Well, it's possible. Introducing Valor, a personal development strategy that addresses the discipleship from a new perspective. Email chet at decisionmentoring.com today to receive more information. And now back to Chet and Tony. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember it's been a few years ago, but uh, there was a, was a horrible thing about a, a pastor that had committed suicide, and I text you. I think we both had read about it or whatever, and mm-hmm. I can't remember the whole story now, but I said, hey, if you ever get that thought in your head, contact me. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'll do likewise. Just because we need somebody in our life that'll be a voice. Somebody yeah. that'll say, hey, that's, that's stinking thinking. That's wrong. Don't, don't go that way. And um, yeah, and well... You know, as you, as you talk, I just, I know that you have a team that serves at, uh, at charity mm-hmm. uh, alongside you, helping to strengthen vision and, and, st- and stay on mission and accomplish the, the things that God has called you to do. How does that fit with you and like your, your leadership style, your uh, abilities, your strengths? The people that your are approach. around you. Yeah. Well, because I'm the senior leader, there are times when it has to come all the way up to me, mm. it, where I have to deal with it. Um, but it's going to go through a few other people before it gets to me. Mm. I mean, let's look at Moses. Uh, he could not govern right. all mm-hmm. of the people. Um, and I cannot. And so I have people around me. Uh, I have some elders, not all of my elders. Not, not all of them are gifted with that. They have different roles. I have an executive pastor, um, and she is really gifted at this. And, uh, I mean, she is able to spank you, and you turn around and say, I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, she <laughs> just gave you a swat, and, mm-hmm. and, you're, and you're, you, you walk out of there going, okay, I needed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, of course, she's, you know, overseeing the staff at our church. But, and then, of course, I, my youth pastor is pastor— the, Kids, pastors. These are these are folks that have to understand a part of their role in the body. Um, well, is to make disciples, to discipline people, hmm. and of course, like in our last episode, it has to be done in a heart of love, and they need to walk away knowing that you're for them, not against them. Mm-hmm. You know how it is if you're a father, you discipline your children. I'll let them weep and weep and cry for a few minutes, and then I'll put my arm around them. Right. And say, but I still got you. I still love you. We're yeah. together and I'm for you. Yeah. I, I knew, uh, so Chet, uh, in his tenure at his last church, there's some times when he went through, you just do, you go through things that like, well, I never could have seen, I never would have seen that coming or this. Oh yeah. We had, <laughs> we had a couple, we had a couple of things that curl, curl your toes, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it was tough. Yeah. And he'd share with me, you know, and, and just, uh, bringing the, for him, I think elders many times yeah. on board to say, yeah. hey, vet me, tell me if this is the right approach, this is what I feel like, and them journeying. In fact, there was a line you had uh, about taking bullets. Mm-hmm. What was that mm-hmm. again? Well, <laughs> I don't know. It was a line that, yeah, kind of kind of developed over the years, but the, the, the impetus for it, okay, uh, was um, just the idea that, when you set yourself up as the solo leader, um, 
then when when conflict comes and and disagreements come uh, or 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 result isn't immediate and and people have other ideas then when the bullets fly you're the only one that receives them mm-hmm. and there's way too many leaders too many pastors that have set themselves up and they and and they honestly they do this I the, believe. Go ahead. You get the accolades when it go when it's going great. I, when it does, yeah, absolutely. And I yeah. I think that and to to some of, to their defense though, I, I think that the accolades is one thing. They need to work through that and get over that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think some of them set themselves up in that position simply because others will not step up. They they are they're afraid of of losing control and 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 you know, raising up leaders and other other people and including other people and, and so control or quote good stewardship okay is seen as as something very singular and they, they look at that themselves as that leader well yeah then you get to take all the bullets well i got to a place where i said no more okay no more i remember i actually led uh I uh, think back over ministry and we think about back about stories and we, that, that kind of thing. Um, uh, I, uh, I, I've forgotten a lot of things. This is one night that was just is etched in my memory. It was a board meeting where after we talked about it for several years, um, I looked at the board and I said, okay, tonight is the night guys that, um, um, I just want you to know, um, I'm asking for everybody on the board. I'm asking for everyone's resignation. Um, and uh, and I myself am officially resigning as well. And I want you to understand that we're dividing the board into elders and officers. And I said, uh, new paradigm, okay? Elders, we're going to meet uh, every other week. And maybe three times a month. We're going to meet quite a bit because elders, I'm going to look at you as shepherds in this church. And you're going to help me with the spiritual uh, temperature in this place. The temperament, if you will. And I'm going to depend on you and, and you're going to help me in shepherding this thing. And you cannot do that once a month. Officers, I said, just the opposite. We talk about the same thing every week, every every month mm-hmm. in board meeting. Nothing really changes all that much. We do a budget report. We talk about the condition of the parking lot and uh, and you know what else. And I said we're going to do our meetings online, uh, and we'll get together once every three months. And I said I realize I'm asking you for a new level of commitment. And so that's a reason I'm asking for your resignation and I'm giving everyone the, the opportunity to re-up should you choose to do so. And that's all I'll let you know. I'm re-upping, okay? And so we did that. And a couple of the elders stepped off at that time, said, you know, it's, it's probably more than I'm capable of doing. And, um, and that was fine, okay? Um, from that moment forward, uh, we all we distributed the bullets nice and evenly. Mm. 
it wasn't just the leader feeling that the, the, the effects of that conflict. It was a, it was a greater ownership of the decisions that we were making and, and the results that kind of came from that, the circumstances mm. that came from that. So, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. It's interesting. Just, this is a little rabbit trail. I've been the senior leader for 10 years now, and mm. especially at the beginning, um, what happens in an elder room mm-hmm. was a mystery to me. I had mm-hmm. never been in an elder room before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've literally called pastors at big churches and said, could I please set in on an elder meeting? Mm-hmm. No one would ever let me. Now, I understand there's some <laughs> legal ramifications and stuff, but no one. You should have called us. I, We'd have liked I, I, <laughs> and, and I was just searching for somebody. How? What's an kind elder of model team? It for you, what's right? it supposed to look like? Right. What's yeah. it supposed to be sure. like? And and um, you know that's not been the easiest thing to navigate, but yeah. that's what you're talking about divvying this up. There's there's yeah. there should be weight on their shoulders, and including um, conflict resolution within the church. Absolutely, yeah. mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, and, and because that, so it's it's you know I've learned this over the years that sometimes when I handle it on my own, well then back to I own all the blame for it. Mm-hmm. So people get mad. It's like when when. Um, Oh, and that's okay. People are going to not like everything I say and not agree with me on everything. But when you have a team of people with you, back to the, we're all taking some bullets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're mm-hmm. together in this. And it's viewed not as, well, the pastor did this. This is the ch- the church voice saying Especially this. on the big decisions. On the big decisions, you're right. you got to have everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, we used to, I, I learned this from my, my district superintendent years ago. He would... He would look at the board and say, "Listen, um, gentlemen, we we can disagree behind behind this door mm-hmm. here. We can disagree with each other. Now, we always have to do that in love. That's what differ, differentiates us from the business world. Okay, right. we have to do it out of care and love for each other. Um, but we can disagree here. But he says, when we walk out of this room." We walk out with one message. Right. That's been some of the biggest conflict issues I've had to deal with, where I've walked out of an elder meeting knowing that a couple wasn't on board, but we all agreed that we were going to be together. Mm -hmm. And then the word gets back to me that someone went to that person and they're like, well, I didn't agree. And, Mm -hmm. you know, defending themselves because they found someone with that. And then I had to go deal with an elder. Conflict. Right, that that's a that's a much more difficult conflict resolution when it's someone who's actually over you. Yeah, my yeah. elders are my boss, right. sure, right. And, and me have to bring some order to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and because mm-hmm. you're trying to, you're stepping into that what looks like disunity, mm-hmm. because that can be a major problem. Mm-hmm. And so it's an it's a difficult but important conversation. But Paul, I appreciate that you had those conversations because those are those are some of the diff, most difficult, right? They're not fun, right? I'd rather not, mm-hmm. but they're incredibly he- uh, healthy. Right. And honestly, some of the best friendships I have and relationships I have now are people that I've walked through the trial with and right. we both endured them and came out better. Cause I think you build trust when you do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't, you didn't get mad and pout about it for two years <laughs> or you didn't go tell a bunch of people you went directly to them. 
and handled it. We, you know? we have to stop divorcing. We have to stop unrooting, right? Uprooting, um, and, and by divorcing, I'm talking about mm, relationships. Yeah, us as, mm-hmm. as 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 I'm leaving. You're never going to bear fruit if you continually uproot, right? Mm. And, and you've got to find a place. I I tell my staff, I tell my church, I want us to spend the rest of our lives together. I want mm. us to get, I want us to grow old together. <laughs> I said, I want to, I want to do the, the the wedding for your children, right. funerals that kind of deep covenant commitment that we're there for decades together. Yeah. yeah. And that means we're going to go through stuff. Right. And I, I think, you know, the, I've said this to our church that, you know, we have big days and a lot of people come and, you know, everything's not going to get fixed in one Sunday. Mm-mm. You know, you, you come to Jesus, but you're, you, maybe your marriage ain't going to get fixed and your, your finances and all the issues and baggage you've had in life. So we need a lifetime to do ministry together. And I think when it comes to serving, it's not about a moment or a season. It's about lifetime and, and to do that. Because it's, it's a family, and your family, you've had conflict. Everybody's had conflict. Yep. You what know? if we saw conflict as opportunity? Right. What if we really saw That's that right. as an opportunity mm-hmm. to go deeper and to be stronger and to grow trust and intimacy? Because if you're having true conflict, you're opening up parts of your heart. That's because good. somebody has to reveal why they feel upset. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to reveal a hidden part. You've got to communicate that. Yeah. Now, the, the problem is, the, pro- the challenge with that is, is uh, trying to take that perspective, okay, uh, in the, right there in the middle of, of conflict, you know, right there in the forest for the yeah. trees kind yeah. of thing. When you, know, when you just, want to be right and you're kind of hot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's, it is almost like that perspective needs to be reinforced and, and kind of solidified when it's not as, you know. When it's know, not a heated thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What if, and maybe, maybe everyone does this, I don't know, kind of doubt it, but what if we paused for a moment? when there was a conflict and let's say it was me and you, Chet, you've made me mad and we're going to talk. What if we bring a third person into the room? Mm-hmm. And I mean the Holy spirit mm-hmm. and we pause and we pray and ask the spirit to speak to our hearts, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. Chet's heart. Cause Chet's the mm-hmm. problem here, mm-hmm. but our hearts and to reveal to us what, what he's saying, what he's doing, and how we can be more like Jesus in this. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? Because I want to believe, I may believe that you're totally wrong and mishandling something, but I want to believe that you actually do care about what the Holy Spirit wants mm-hmm. and that you are wanting to be more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and I think we should involve him in that. I, I think that that's, I agree with you on that. I think that it's... It's uh, uh, a, a lot easier just to get legalistic about it. It's a lot more practical and easier just to say, well, okay, I'm sorry that you feel that way, Paul, but he, this is what the rules are, and this is the interpretation I have of them, and I need you to adhere to that, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, uh, it, it's, it's simpler, and it, it's not near as messy. It's, it's quicker. And I think all of those things are, are very American ideas. Very quick, simple, mm-hmm. done, solution, move on. You know, it doesn't require the hard work. Mm-hmm. You know. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could take that route. I, but, yeah. Uh, and I, I think it's, you know, 
a culture of understanding that so that good things are going to come out of conflict and we're not afraid to have difficult conversations that if you create that culture where people understand that because you know what on staffs uh, church staffs or among church congregations we don't always do that Con- conflict arises and we had no um no pre- our preconceived idea was we're going to be right and we're going to fight because we're right but if we had a culture of people that said that was created they said good things are come out of conflict and we're mm-hmm. gonna we're gonna enter into that with asking the holy spirit to help us well then when i went into conflict we'd already have that understanding Mm-hmm. You know, because basically we don't even talk about conflict that much. So culture, you, you mean know. like the kind of like the the practice, the environment of it, the values, yeah, of value. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely be a value. Yeah, a value. Good things that come out of conflict. Well, so you mentioned a moment ago, Chet, about legalism. Yeah, and everybody hates legalism. Right. We all hate legalism. Right. And because we hate it so much, we have <laughs> went so far. Right. We've tipped the scales to the other side, mm-hmm. and now we're unholy. <laughs> and um, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Be mm-hmm. holy as I'm holy. And um, the Word still says that we are to correct and rebuke and approve. discipline and approve. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are things that we are still charged to do. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, as shepherds, we will stand before God if we feared men more than we feared God. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that's for me because I'm not comfortable with conflict. I've had to say, but Lord, I want to do what's right before you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it took time. Not everybody responded right. Some people reacted and left mm-hmm. and don't like you know they don't yeah. like me now. Yeah, yeah. And I like to be yeah. liked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I hear you. I hear you. I I think that the word that comes to mind as we were as you were talking about that the word that comes to mind is trust Mm -hmm. that i think if you've got two people you have this disagreement you've got this this conflict this thing that can potentially become a wall okay i think the 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 bridge that you have from a from kind of a human side here uh uh, almost discounting the work of the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, I'm talking about the work of the Holy Spirit at this point, but just talking about from a human standpoint is I've got to have some level of relationship with you. Mm-hmm. I've got to know something about your life. I've got to know that at the end of the day that I can trust you, that what you say is what mm-hmm. you're living in it. And I've got to know that that you care about me. Vulnerability. You know? Yeah, you know, so... Um, I, and I think here's the other thing today that I think is huge that we're trying to bring it back into the church is I'm um, along with the, the correction and rebuke is the, is the ability to be heard. You know, that pe- if people don't feel like that, uh, what they, what they are involved in, in, in the perspectives that they have and the attitudes that they possess, if they don't. If they don't feel like they've been heard, which is another way of saying they've been valued or loved, then they just they just put the wall up, mm-hmm. and and now you're like, oh, you know, Lord and stuff. So so that's where the Holy Spirit comes in for me. The Holy Spirit's got to lead us and give us wisdom mm-hmm. in in those kind of things. Does that make sense? Totally. One final thing. Do it. Jesus couldn't save them all either. 
Yeah. Remember, wow. he dealt with con conflict and how many of them walked away yeah, and left. True. And, you know, six. and Jesus is so loving. He turns around and says, anyone else want to go too?" Right. Yeah. That's a good point. And, and yeah. Peter's like, well, I'd go, but you're the Christ. Right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You've got that going for you. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, thanks for being here, man. Yeah. Thanks for making the trip down. And thanks for your wisdom. You're God yes. bless you in ministry and mm -hmm. what you're doing. And keep doing the, the social media thing and the interaction thing that you got going on there. And just and just man, I'm just I'm just so impressed with the, what the Lord's doing and how he's blessing. To God be the glory. Thank you guys so much. Amen. Amen. God bless everybody. Thank you for listening to the Resolute Podcast. If you want to check out show notes from today's episode or want to learn more about joining a cohort, go to decisionmentoring.com. The Resolute Podcast is available every Thursday wherever you listen to podcasts, including Spotify and Apple. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss new episodes. And finally, please consider rating and sharing this episode to help grow the ministry of decision mentoring and the Resolute Podcast. Thanks. See you next week.